We're raising our kids in a post-Christian nation, so we can't assume that our government nor its agencies are in agreement with the God-fearing moral values that built and sustained what many would call American exceptionalism. For decades now, foreign and domestic enemies have been chipping away at America's God-fearing heritage and infrastructure. Though colleges and universities have always been the prime target, today an even more vulnerable and impressionable demographic is being targeted. It's our elementary schoolers, and even our preschoolers. So as concerned Christian parents, it's time that we stand up, lift our voices, and make our concerns known. Today, we're talking with Jeff Johnston with Focus on the Family about protecting and preserving the innocence, education, and future of our children. That's next on Licensed to Parent. Hi, I'm glad you've joined us for another episode of Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy. Shepherds Hill is a year-long Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis. Our host is the founder and executive director of Shepherds Hill, Trace Embry. Trace is also the author of The Miracles of Shepherds Hill, and I'm Michelle Hill. Our goal in Licensed to Parent is to take what we're learning each day at Shepherds Hill and share it with you so that you can be better prepared to raise your kids in a way that honors God. You know, Trace, it seems that our public school system is becoming a vehicle for social indoctrination more than an agency for academic education. Can you explain what's going on here? Well, I think what's going on here is what we've been told for decades would go on if we allowed it. And the truth is we have allowed it. Uh, Many of us have complained about it. Some of us have done our best to expose it. But, you know, very few of us have actually done anything to help mitigate it. And that's what I really appreciate about those parents in Loudoun County, Virginia. Mm-hmm. They're not only standing up and making their voices heard, but they're actually doing something about it. Some are even running for public office. So, Trace, do you think that most of the parents are just too afraid to talk about what's really behind all of this? No, I do. And, and I think this is largely because so many of us aren't very strong in what we claim to believe. I think a lot of us are afraid of, of sounding conspiratorial, too judgmental, too politically incorrect, or maybe too religious. Uh, But what's really behind all this is just pure evil uh, and or child abuse. Uh, I mean, how is this really not akin to Hitler's youth, uh, what's going on in our public schools today? If you ask me, it's it's just sin, plain and simple. But who really knows what the word sin is anymore? Uh, To a a growing group of people in America, sin, the word sin, is considered an archaic religious term. And when religion, in the uh, Christian sense anyway, gets kicked to the curb, the terms associated with our faith gets kicked to the curb and forgotten too. Uh, Let me ask you something, Michelle. Uh, Other than in church, how often do we hear words like sin or righteousness uh, in the media? Uh, When was the last time you heard the terms holiness, sanctification, Mm -hmm. consecration, or eternal life spoken uh, in public? Not much. Or, Or in church for that matter. I mean, the terms heaven and hell are now considered mythical terms, kind of like Oz or Valinor. Mm. I mean, you can say God, uh, but which God? It's acceptable to use the name Jesus Christ, uh, but only as a cuss word. Certainly not as the name above all names and certainly not in the public school system. But when the most fundamental terms of life get redefined, terms like male and female, good and evil, right and wrong, uh, that's when you can uh, pretty much justify anything. And that's exactly what many of these dark agendas have done. And Christians have hummed right along with it for the most part, and for far too long now. 
But arguably the people who bought into these new definitions, new premises and foundations for truth and life the most are people who have ulterior motives for doing so. And this is particularly true in the field of education and mental health. And listen, I'm in the field of education and mental health, so I, I can speak with authority on this. By and large, these people have, have brains that, have, uh, that can easily retain knowledge, and a lot of it. I mean, they're smart people, but too many of these, pe- these same people are equipped with almost no ability to pr- process that, that same knowledge into any semblance of wisdom. And, of course, wisdom is what you do with that knowledge, the moral good that you do with that knowledge. They're intelligent. They have letters behind their names. They can file and retrieve the knowledge uh, that they've acquired, uh, even convey it to others, including our kids. And unfortunately, however, in way too many cases, uh, the critical, constructive, and creative thinking capacities of some of these same professionals aren't what they need to be. So they've accepted things and even indulged in things without thinking through their logical consequences, nor the logical consequences of conveying these ideas to our kids. I mean, many have acquired a voracious carnal appetite to satisfy their own proclivities at the expense of their deepest and purest spiritual needs. And why wouldn't they? I mean, they have no moral compass beyond their own carnal desires. They've never thought through the logical outworking of their own worldview. And now they want our kids to be just like them when they grow up. Proverbs 14, 13 says, Even in laughter the heart may ache, and rejoicing may end in grief. But deep down, these are miserable people. And like the devil, misery loves company. Uh, So we shouldn't allow our kids to be their company. So we've got to be aware of of what's being taught to Mm. our kids and who's actually teaching it to them. That's true. Well, and Trace, our guest today is going to help us understand just that. Jeff Johnston is the issues analyst for Focus on the Family. Jeff writes and teaches on marriage, homosexuality, and gender. Basically, Jeff encourages and helps Christians understand the latest issues. And today, he's going to help us learn how to engage with the culture on the issues that are affecting our children. Well, Jeff, welcome to the Licensed to Parent broadcast. Hi, Trace. Hi, Michelle. Thank you for having me on the broadcast. I appreciate this. Thanks for being here. Absolutely. Our pleasure. Uh, Jeff, why should our listeners sit up, open up both ears, and take special notice of what we'll be discussing on today's program? Well, Trace, I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, There is an agenda that's being foisted on children, and it's a sexual agenda to create confusion and to sexualize children. I mean, we know that children aren't equipped, they're not made to bear the weight of adult sexuality. Um, And it's destructive when that's placed on them and harmful. And a lot of it is coming through public schools. And I think parents will be surprised at all the different ways that children are sexualized in schools. Um, I'm actually writing a series on this for the Daily Citizen, and we've also um, produced a resource to help parents with these issues. It's called Back to School for Parents. But one of the main venues for this is through comprehensive sexual education. Um, Sex ed is mandated in, every state has different mandates on sexual education. Um, In some states, schools do have a little more leeway about what they can be taught. But I don't know if people know this, but Planned Parenthood is the largest provider of sexual education resources. And why wouldn't they be? Yeah, they're creating a, a Customer base. bigger audience for, for their business, you know? Yeah, exactly. But they, International Planned Parenthood um, produced a booklet called Exclaim a few years ago, and it tells you where this sex ed is coming from. 
It's based on the idea that everyone of any age has sexual rights, and that includes the right to sexual pleasure. And in their little booklet, they say that these rights are inalienable um, and mm. indivisible. So they're they're equating them with you know what we're familiar with our Bill of Rights, and they say that this is for people irrespective of their age. Mm -hmm. And all the the booklet says all young people have the right to sexual pleasure. I was um, watching a broadcast uh, with a sex educator from SICUS. Um Their motto is sex ed for social change. And they were talking about how it's best if you can capture children when they're very young, before um, their ideas about sex and sexuality have, have hardened. So before yeah. they come to the conclusion that there is male and female, you want to teach them that there's a variety of genders. Mm -hmm. Or before they can come to the conclusion that marriage should be between a husband and wife, you want to teach them that there are a wide variety of families. Why? What is the point? That is a really good question. I think, um, Trace, you mentioned some of this in the opening. There is a desire to bring children where um, some of those pushing this agenda have been. Some people believe that we should teach children about um, different sexual orientations and gender identities so that kids don't bully each other. Um, but you can teach kids to be kind and not to bully without no, teaching them about these. Yeah, yeah uh, teaching them about these sexual issues. Mm -hmm. And I, I think they really do believe that even little children have sexual rights and the right to sexual pleasure. So if you look at some of the... Oh, they want that. Yeah, the, some of the stuff they're teaching in sex ed, um, that's where it's coming from. It's a totally different premise than Christianity. Yeah, no, that's a, it's a desire more than even a belief. Their ultimate goal is to lower the age of consent uh, because they're, they're, they're trying to cultivate a crop uh, for themselves down the line and legitimately engage in these activities to fulfill their own carnal appetites and the law is going to be behind them. I think that's ultimately where, where, where this is at. But I think you're right, Trace. And what's interesting is that through these sex ed programs, one of the things they're teaching children is about consent, how to give consent and how to say how to not give consent. But if you teach children how to give consent, children do what they're taught. Mm -hmm. And they'll start doing that. Right. In fact, our state, um, the state of Colorado, mandated that when sex ed is taught in schools, children must be taught about consent. Mm. Well, I, I just want to ask you this. I touched on it in the opening, but how is this not akin to what happened with Hitler's youth? Well, it, you're right. It is an indoctrination into a sexual ideology. And it's very confusing for young children. Like I said, they're not made, they're not built to carry this weight, right. um, you know, and it's parents' job to find out what's going on in schools and then to work to protect their children. Mm -hmm. And and also not just those two things, but also to give their kids a solid foundation of biblical sexuality. Yeah. As you mentioned, the scripture teaches that sex, marriage between a husband and wife um, is the place for sexual activity and one of the main purposes is for procreation. Um, another purpose is to unite a husband and wife so that they become one flesh. Mm -hmm. And um, that one flesh union is the highest picture in Scripture of our relationship with God. It's an, it's an image. It's a, um, 
It's made to depict the closeness that we can have with God, the same closeness that a husband and wife can have. Of course, it's not a sexual closeness with God, but it's, it's an image of how intimate we can be with God the Father. Exactly. We need to take a break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about how parents can protect their kids from what's going on. Our guest today on Licensed to Parent is Jeff Johnson. Jeff is the issues analyst at Focus on the Family. Trace Embry, Jeff, and I'll be right back. Shepherds Hill Academy, a year-long Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis, is celebrating 20 years of ministry. There have been many distractions in our work through the years as a result of a four-lane highway that divided our land. As a result, plans are underway to develop a whole new campus designed to improve our students' therapeutic experience away from the highway noise, along with up-to-date infrastructure and staff offices, all to help smooth out the day-to-day operations. The five-year, two-phase plan will begin with a new dining hall, followed by two new school buildings, also containing a new studio for licensed parent. Please consider partnering with us, building together a new and improved Shepherds Hill Academy. Learn more and make your gift today. ShepherdsHillAcademy.org slash building together. That's ShepherdsHillAcademy.org slash building together. And thanks for helping us provide healing to teens in crisis. Hi folks, Trace Embry here, host of the Licensed to Parent broadcast and founder of Shepherd's Hill Academy. We've all heard about modern day miracles, mostly from mission fields. Frankly, I believed about half of them and experienced none of them until about 30 years ago when Christ truly became the Lord of my life. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill is a book that wasn't written as much as it was recorded. It's the true story of how God used a handshake, my family's last $200, and our 30-year odyssey of bumper-to-bumper miracles to acquire a 60-acre farm that was used by the devil and turned it into a 250-acre globally recognized healing ministry for God. I want all people to know that Jesus Christ is still in the miracle-working business for those submitted to his word, will, and way, and who properly understand what faith truly is. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill, an extraordinary odyssey of divine interventions by Trace Embry. Learn more at LicensedToParent.org. Welcome back to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy. Shepherd's Hill is a one-year residential program for teens in crisis. And today we are helping you, the parent, think through the importance of your child's education. Our guest is Jeff Johnston with Focus on the Family. And Jeff, for parents who feel that they have no educational option for their children, how can they protect their family's values and beliefs in the public school system? That's a really good question. Um, First of all, I think parents need to know what's happening in their local school. Um, we talked about comprehensive sex ed. Not not all schools teach that, but there are other ways that children are being sexualized in schools. One is through library books and mm-hmm. books in classrooms. Uh, another way is through um, federal and state mandates about transgenderism that tells schools they have to accommodate students of the opposite sex in opposite sex restrooms. Um, another way that people might not even think about is 
six or seven states have now mandated that schools must teach about sexual orientation and gender identity in social studies a curriculum. And so textbook manufacturers have been adding that into um, history, social studies, geography, economics textbooks um, about LGBT individuals. And so parents have the right to review any textbooks that are in their schools and they can challenge them as well with school boards. Yeah, how come uh, more parents aren't, you know, opting out of these things? Are are they just not aware of it? Uh, they're too timid. What's going on here? Well, I, I think one thing is that a lot of parents don't know. Um, mm-hmm. You can opt your kids out of sexual education, um, but one problem is you can't opt them out of social studies if yeah. that's a state requirement. Yeah. Yeah. True. So parents need mm-hmm. to review the curriculum in their local district. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what we're seeing more and more. It's been, um, it's actually been kind of fun to watch parents wake up and start protesting against this. Mm-hmm. How um, are parents pushing back, Jeff? What are you seeing? Well, um, one way is by attending school board meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, they're banding together and reviewing material and then telling each other about it and making public uh, what is actually being taught in the classroom. Um, here in Colorado Springs, I know of three different churches now that have culture impact teams or public policy teams. And one of those churches produced a voter guide for every district in our county they questioned candidates and then they put that out there in churches primarily, but it, 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 it tells parents here is where the different school board candidates stand on these different issues. And they were able to flip five out of six districts to more conservative Christian people on the school board. Awesome. So there yeah. are things parents can do. One of the biggies is getting connected with other parents, you right. know, and also connecting with your children's teachers and school administrators. My wife was really good at this. She's a connector. I'm not so much, but um, she would invite the kids' teachers over for tea or for lunch and just talk to them. And we don't want to go into this with an adversarial mindset. There are a lot of believers that are teachers and that are in education because they love the subject matter and they love children. And we should know that we have allies in schools and we might have allies as well on school boards. But starting locally is the first place that parents need to start. Yeah, I think we mentioned this uh, last session, too, but it's really, really important that parents give their kids a solid foundation on sexuality and biblical issues. I mean, how many of us would have thought 50 years ago, oh, I better teach my child what marriage is. But you have to be that explicit with children. This is what male and female is. And we're not talking about teaching them about sexual activity, but just about the basics. Men and women are different. Our bodies are different. God made us that way. And that's a good thing. And how early are you seeing that parents need to be teaching their kids these things today? I think you can start talking about male and female and marriage with preschoolers. Absolutely. You're not talking about sex. You're just talking about the differences, how God made boys and girls. Mommy and daddy are married, and that's why we wear these rings, because we're committed to each other and we love each other. You're just talking about real foundational Mm -hmm. issues in the Christian faith, starting in Mm -hmm. Genesis. Well, and you can talk really early with these kids about pornography long before the birds and the bees. Uh, Christine Jensen from Good Pictures, Bad Pictures, uh, the book that she wrote, um, uh, she explains how you can 
tell your kids about the no touch zones and, you know, uh, things that are appropriate. So then when they, when it comes up in school, they'll know. And, and then these conversations need to be taking place early, long before your kid goes off to some stranger. Cause there's a lot of strange rangers out there teaching our kids. I mean, I've seen stuff on video that would just blew me away. Um, what are some legal actions that can be taken, particularly when a, you know, a flamboyant teacher uh, begins sharing the virtues of, of his or her you know, personal sexual fluidities in front of the, the young children? Uh, how, how is this not child abuse? Well, I think you're right. There are things parents can do legally, and we're seeing that happen more and more. I think it was in Massachusetts where some parents brought a lawsuit against a school that had been working to transition children to the opposite sex without even telling the parents. Mm -hmm. uh, there's another lawsuit in Florida for the same thing. Um, there was a sheriff I was watching on video in Texas who said, these books are obscene and we will start going after the schools for promoting obscenity. So there are actions that um, legal groups can take. And there are a lot of Christian legal aid societies that help people with these things. Alliance Defending Freedom, um, First Liberty. Um, those are just a couple of the groups out there. Yeah, what, what's Focus doing over there? Are they, they doing anything to, in, that, in that respect? No, we don't do legal work. We are getting a lot of questions about this. Mm -hmm. And so we point people towards resources. Um, one of the resources I mentioned is available at the Daily Citizen. It's a free 120-page downloadable PDF called Back to School for Parents. And it covers eight or ten different issues in education that parents should be aware of. And then it talks about what the law says about these issues mm. and gives advice for taking action. So it covers everything from uh, what's on school databases and, and the electronic materials, the laptops and notebooks they're giving children, uh, mm -hmm. what's going on in the classroom, what's happening in health clinics, um, sports teams and locker rooms. It covers every one of those areas. Wow. And it also, in each section, we offered advice about how to talk to your children when they encounter these issues. So That's how do great. I talk to my child when they, you know, the teacher brings up homosexuality or different kinds of families or that, you know, family might have two moms or two dads. So mm -hmm. we get a lot of material in that book, Back to School for Parents, and then it has links to other resources as well. And it lists some of those legal aid groups we were talking about. Good. What are some other resources, Jeff? Well, we've produced some simple booklets for parents, um, how to teach your children about marriage, how to talk to your children about homosexuality, uh, when transgender issues enter your world. We have about six or eight of these, and they're all related to children and um, sexual issues in the culture, in education, and in entertainment, and, and how parents can talk to kids at different ages and stages about these important issues. You know, it used to be that a lot of this uh, hocus pocus was coming through our entertainment arts, but now it's it's systemic. In you know, you can't even trust your school teachers or your politicians or you know the news media. It's inside every aspect of what people kids were once taught to you know trust and respect. So, what's the first thing that a parent needs to do when Junior comes home and and tells mom that his teacher's sharing some of uh, some pretty uh, crazy ideas in, in front of the whole class. What's the first thing mom and dad needs to do? Well, take a deep breath. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. If you get angry, your child might think you're angry at, at, at him or her. 
and you want to let your children know um, they didn't do anything wrong, but um, there are bad actors out there. There are people who have an agenda that we disagree with, and you can explain that to your child. And then you can just ask questions. What happened? Um, tell me about this. You know, th- just simple questions for children. I, listen, the Bible says in your anger, do not sin. I, I have to say, I think there's a time that we should be angry. I don't think we've been angry enough. I think we need to, by the Spirit of God, control our anger. Don't do what Mike Tyson recently did on an airplane with some guy who was harassing him. But um, I do think that, that you know, God has given us the, uh, that emotion for a reason. When Jesus cleansed the temple, he was angry, and yet he did not sin. And I think our kids need to see us be angry uh, and do not sin. Uh, because I think this, if there's ever anything to be angry about, I think this is something that we do need to be angry about. And I think it's okay for our kids to be angry about it, but we do have to prepare them uh, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually to handle these things in, a, in a, as mature as they possibly can as a nine or 10 year old or sometimes even preschoolers. But um, the bottom line is I don't think we've been angry enough. Hey, Jeff, I'm just curious. Are, should we be teaching our kids how to push back against their teachers, or is this something that we need to take on for our children? We need to take this on for our children. It's the, it's not their responsibility um, to protect themselves from all these issues. It's parents, it's adults' job to do that. Right. And so when something happens, you're angry, you're passionate about it, um, first go talk to the teacher. And then if there's no results there, then move up the administrative chain to um, senior administration at schools mm-hmm. and then to school boards. But there's a there's a natural chain of progression that you can go to to say, I'm really disturbed about this. Right. This is not right, what you're doing to my child. And it's not just your own child. It's all of our neighbors' children, too. Even if you're homeschooling, um, your children will be on sports teams. Uh, they'll be in clubs, uh, debate groups with with other children from the neighborhood that are imbibing this from their schools. So we're not just fighting for our own children. It's also the children around us that we want to protect as well. And it's it's adults' job to do that, um, not the children's job. No doubt about it. I, I think we have a, a, a greater obligation to our society as a whole. I think when we raise our kids, we need to keep our society as a whole in mind, because otherwise it becomes a child-centric world, and that's insane. Uh, but, but we're out of time. I, I just have to ask you one quick question, if I can get a quick answer from you. I, I want to know why the church isn't doing more. The, uh, wow. Um, <laughs> I think for a lot of years, churches thought, we just want to do the spiritual stuff. We want to do the kind stuff. We need to stay out of these culture and policy issues. And that's not true. Thank you. Um, God calls us to be salt and light in the world, and that includes dealing with these issues. So the church needs to take action. I've, I've been encouraged because, as I said, there are local churches here who are forming um, policy and culture teams. I, I know another group that is encouraging pastors to connect with city leaders to begin talking about some of these key issues. And they're producing whole groups of pastors in cities that are deeply involved in these issues. So I'm encouraged by the rising, but we need more of this. That's for sure. All right. Well, again, thank you so much, brother. Thank both of you. I, I really appreciate your covering this issue and having me on the broadcast. Thank you so much. Our guest today, Unlicensed to Parent, has been Jeff Johnston. Jeff is Issues Analyst for Focus on the Family. 
To read some of the latest articles Jeff has written on culture and policy, go to dailycitizen.org. Thanks for listening to Licensed to Parent. Licensed to Parent is an extension of Shepherds Hill Academy, our year-long Christ-centered wilderness-based residential program for troubled teens. A gift of any amount to Shepherds Hill brings hope and healing to families in crisis, and you can give securely online by clicking the Donate button at the top of the page when you visit LicensedParent.org. Your gift is tax-deductible. Thanks to our team for making today possible. Our producer is Rich Rosel. Carl Peets is our technical producer. For Trace Embry, I'm Michelle Hill, inviting you to join us again next time to renew your License to Parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless. See you next time.